Hello, my name is Paul Ryan and I am the founder of GP Consult. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP and I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I really enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So today is my second podcast on the management of type 2 diabetes mellitus in primary care. I'm going to break today's podcast into six main parts. The first part, I'm going to discuss the main classes of hypoglycemic agents. The second second part, I'm going to discuss the efficacy of these in reducing HbA1c. The third part, I'm just going to give a a tip when prescribing um, uh, different oral hypoglycemic agents. The fourth, um, if a patient has a raised BMI or established cardiovascular disease, which ones are are more favoured? The fifth, uh, I'm going to discuss the current NICE 2019 guidance, which is combined with the SIGN 2017 guidance, which are very similar. And the last part, I'm going to talk about HbA1c targets. So the targets we want to achieve in our patients with type 2 diabetes. So the first part the main classes of hypoglycemics. So we've already discussed metformin, but the next class are the SGLT2 inhibitors. So that's your empagliflozin, canagliflozin, dapagliflozin, or ertugliflozin. I remember them easily in C, D, and E. So C for canagliflozin, D for dapagliflozin, and E for empagliflozin. And then the add-on, the most recent, is ertugliflozin. Next, family of uh, medications are your TPP4 inhibitors or gliptins. So these are your citagliptin, saxagliptin, linagliptin and vildagliptin. And linagliptin is my preferred one in this in this class um, and I will discuss why it basically because you don't have to dose reduce as the EGFR goes uh, falls unlike the other gliptins. The fourth uh, class are your sulfonylureas and glyclozide is the main one in this class and this is all this has fallen out of favor over the recent over recent years although from on a worldwide stage it's second only uh, to metformin in its prescribing in type 2 diabetes but unfortunately because of the driving restrictions and the risk of hypoglycemia it's fallen out of favor the fifth class are your thiazolidinediones the main one here is a pioglitazone, has also fallen out of favour, and I'll discuss why uh, in a little bit. And the final one then are your GLP-1 mimetics. Uh, so these are your glutides, I call them. So semaglutide, duloglutide, liraglutide, and then exenatide. So the next part of this podcast, I'm just going to talk about the efficacy of these agents in reducing HbA1c. So there was a drugs and therapeutics uh, bulletin in 2013 and it made up a, a bold statement and it stated that apart from metformin and insulin there was no good evidence to say any drug or class of drugs is better than any other. Not a huge amount has changed in the last seven years if you look at any of the guidelines they all advocate the, the, the uh, initiation with metformin. With regard to HbA1c reduction, gliptins reduce the HbA1c by about 4 millimoles per mole. So I usually, there's a range, usually 3 to 5, but I, I pick the median value. So so gliptins reduce it by about 4 millimoles per mole, 
have HbA1c. Gliflazins, pioglitazone and glyclizide reduce HbA1c by about 7 millimoles per mole. And uh, the GLP-1 mimetics, your glutides, reduce it by about 11 millimoles per mole. Now a memory aid that I use to remember the efficacy of these agents is 4 plus 7 is equal to 11. So gliptins reduce it by about 4, gliflazins, pioglitazone and glyclizide reduce it by about 7, and GLP-1 mimetics reduce it by about 11. So 4 plus 7 is equal to 11. And it ties into the diagnosis of uh, type 2 diabetes if you're looking at blood glucose levels, fasting glucose of 7, and uh, our random glucose uh, of 11.1. So it's just a memory aid that I use that you may find useful. Now we know that insulin is highly efficacious, but unfortunately you get hypos and weight gain with insulin. Now, the next part of my podcast, I'm just going to talk about a tip when prescribing um, oral hypoglycemics. So the main agents we, which we will be prescribing uh, after metformin are either your gliflazins, gliptins and glutides. Okay. Now in Ireland, if you have Socrates, um, uh, Helix Health or Health 1, if um, it, an easy way to remember them because it's very hard to remember all the names of them and there's very little difference between them uh, for us GPs or pharmacists in primary care. So if you have a Socrates program and you type in gliflazin, the list of drugs will, um, all the gliflazins will, or your, your SGLT2s will come up on the screen. If you have Helix Practice Manager, put in a percentage sign and type in gliflazin and percentage sign and it should list them all. And then if you have health one, just put in a space uh, and then type in gliflazins and all the gliflazins will come up or all the glutides will come up or all the gliptins will come up. So it's just a useful memory, useful thing to use when in practice when we know we're after metformin, we're going to go with a gliflazin, a gliptin and a glute or a glutide. So the next part of my podcast is I'm going to talk about raised patients in with type 2 diabetes who have a raised BMI or established cardiovascular disease. So if they've had a prior MI, say for example, or they have angina. So if they have a raised BMI, use obviously use metformin first line, but for raised BMI, you can use glutides over, glit, uh, over uh, gliflazins because glutides you tend to get more of a weight loss with them. If they have established cardiovascular disease, you use gliflazins or glutides because they both have evidence base to show that they're effective um, in people who have got established cardiovascular disease. Now, the next part of my podcast, I'm going to talk about the NICE 2019 and the SIGN 2017 guidance. Now, I've combined these two and... Uh, so just to, to help, okay, with with um, the management of of type two diabetes in primary care. So if the HbA1c is above forty eight millimoles per mole, which is six point five percent, and after attempting lifestyle, you start metformin, especially in the younger patient, and you aim to get the HbA1c to forty eight and and to keep it at forty eight millimoles per liter. If that HbA1c creeps up and it hits 58 millimoles per mole, or 7.5%, you add a second agent. So the second agent you can use is a gliflazin, a glypt, or, a, or a gliptin, um, 
the it, it the nice and sign uh, hold back on the glutide because of costs but uh, and they also mention you can use a sulfonylurea or pioglitazone um but we know uh, over the last few years that sulfonylurea and uh, and the pioglitazone have fallen out of favor and I'll discuss the reasons later on so the main option at a HbA1c of 58 is either a gliptin or a gliflazin and what do you aim for the H, the target HbA1c you aim for is 53 millimoles per mole. Now, if the HbA1c creeps up again to 58 millimoles per mole and the person's on two agents, then you need to add a third agent. So you can either add a gliflazin, a gliptin, uh, or a glutide at, the, at this stage. And you aim for a HbA1c of 53. The injectable agents, just to talk about, uh, that are either a glutide or basal insulin. If the BMI is greater than 30, you can add a glutide. If you're adding a glutide, you want to make sure to stop the gliptin because it's therapeutic duplication. Um, reduce your sulfonylurea, continue the metformin, the SGLT2 and or the pioglitazone. If the BMI, if the patient has a BMI less than 30, uh, you can add basal insulin, but you need to stop the sulfonylurea. The other agents can be can be continued. So just to summarize that again, if the HbA1c is 48 or above, and after attempting lifestyle, you start metformin. If then it creeps up to 58, you can either add a gliptin or a gliflazin, and if it then you aim for the target of 53 millimoles per mole. But if it goes back up to 58 again, you have to add a third agent. So if, you were, if you've added a gliflazin, we say first, first line, then you can add a gliptin. Or if you, were, if you added a gliptin previously, you can just add a gliflazin. Now, the, and, uh, if the only thing to remember, if you are ever adding a glutide, which is your GLP-1 mimetic, just take the patient off the gliptin. Now, just to talk, the, the final part of this podcast is the HB, I'm going to discuss HbA1c targets. So 53 millimoles per mole is the reasonable HbA1c target for most patients with a life expectancy greater than 10 years. It reduces the risk of micro and of macrovascular disease. We know that targets should be individualized and that we should balance the benefits with harms. So because the harms of these agents are hypoglycemia and weight gain, for example. If the patient has, is, has severe frailty, uh, moderate or severe frailty, um, a more reasonable HbA1c target is 75 millimoles per mole. It is important to remember to continue the medication if the target is achieved or the HbA1c falls more than 5.5 millimoles in the previous three to six months. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. And I'm in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about a number of issues that have come up in this, uh, such as the therapeutic duplication with the DPV-4 inhibitors and the GLP-1 mimetics. So I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast and thank you for listening. <music>